Indy was the center of the NBA universe this week. Tyrese Halliburton was the face of the league. What does that mean? And what does it mean going forward? James Boyd from The Athletic joins me to talk about all that and more from All-Star Weekend on today's Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, y'all? Happy Tuesday, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, lots to get to. Closing out All-Star Weekend coverage, mostly centered around Tyrese Halliburton, the face of the league this weekend. He's not literally the face of the league, but his face was on so many buildings. He was on the podium for his interviews. He shined in every event he did. An ambassador for Indianapolis in Indy, he became, for a few days, the face of the league. How did he handle it, and what does it mean going forward to see him have a special moment like that? James Boyd from The Athletic and I talk about it all and many other notes and takeaways from a very busy All-Star weekend in Indianapolis. James Boyd with The Athletic joins us now. Let's just get right to it. He stranded me on the beat, but he's back <laughs> temporarily. For the first time since 2022 here on Lockdown Pacers, you know him. It's James Boyd from The Athletic, who I just spent an ungodly amount of time with over four days at All-Star Weekend. James, how are you feeling? Have you survived? You have a you have an All-Star Weekend hangover. I believe that's a thing for uh, some media people. Yeah, so as many of you know, I don't drink, but I definitely feel like I have drank a lot this weekend because <laughs> I am so tired, but I enjoyed myself. It was obviously a unique opportunity for all of us to be involved in pretty much everything from start to finish because the All-Star Weekend was here in Indianapolis. Don't regret you know, staying out late, staying up late, trying to cover a million different things because, I mean, the last time it happened here was 40 years ago, nearly 40 years ago, so... You know, it was fun, it was tiring, and it'll be something I look back on and probably feel better about when I get another good night's sleep. Yeah, like LeBron was born when <laughs> the last All-Star Weekend was here. That's kind of it <laughs> of current NBA players, right? <laughs> like, true. that's how long it's been. The whole league was not alive, and of course, it was supposed to be 2001, but that doesn't add that many players back into the mix. So <laughs> right. It's wild, and and I wanted to, like you, take advantage and see everything and interview everybody. And yet, I still think, maybe this is just too local of an angle, but you, know, you were there. You walk around the city, JW, two giant pictures of Tyrese in the airport. He's plastered on everything. On, the, on Lucas Oil, he's up there. On Gamebridge, he's up there. He isn't the face of the league, obviously, like LeBron was literally at All-Star Weekend, but this weekend he was literally yeah. the face of the league. Yeah. And I thought that was endlessly fascinating. And I thought, of course, he performed well and handled it well. What did you think of that kind of moment for him and the Pacers to have him be that kind of representative for the entire NBA for four days? It was so surreal in a sense because you're in a building – with LeBron and Steph and Luka and Nikola Jokic and the guy that is sort of the, as he put it, prom king of the weekend, <laughs> is not someone who is just being given this stuff solely because he's plays for the Pacers. Tyrese is really good. He's a starter in this game. 
And so I think that obviously swayed some of the attention, obviously being here helped, but it wasn't like they were putting up, you know, an injury reserve replacement guy all over the city. No, this is someone who was voted in by the fans, which is a huge deal. I mean, even this year, obviously it was in the Western Conference, but Stephen Curry wasn't even voted, you know, the votes and all that didn't even help him start in the All-Star game. So um, all that to say, I think that he handled it as about as well as he could. Obviously, he had a huge schedule, but I thought there were some very cool kind of crossover moments, you know, when he was on the stage at the tip-off or kickoff event, however you want to phrase it, when he gets in the, gets out of the, you know, the car and he's on stage with Larry Bird and you have Reggie Miller praising him. You have Tamika Catchings in the building. You have Oscar Robertson in the building and you have so many Indiana greats. I was even thinking last night, Jackie Young was here. She's the high school all-time leading scorer in Indiana, you know, basketball history. And, you know, she's got two championships. And so all that to say, I thought that Tyrese handled it about as well as he could. Maybe he's a little bit tired, tired, more tired than us probably. But with his personality, his flair, his skill level, and really being an all-star, truly being worthy of an all-star appearance, it just made this more of a, you know, Indiana-themed event. Yeah, the thing that I've always talked about with him before this weekend is like, Whatever he's doing, he just like gets it of what he needs, like what how he needs to act, what tone he needs to take. And I, I think that speaks highly of his emotional intelligence. And so if he's you know meeting with a fan or a younger fan or whatever, his his personality will adapt to that. He's more serious with the team. That helps him be a leader. That's helped him be this great connector. Everybody's talked and written about this. So in a weekend like this, where he goes from, you know, I'm riding in a car with Connor Daly. Oh, I'm right next to T Payne. Okay, the next guy I'm right next to is Larry Bird. Okay, now in the morning I wake up and I'm playing 2K with kids. Okay, now I'm going to talk to Adrian Wojnarowski about myself and the NBA and all this weekend. It's like so many things he had to go to that were so different over and over and over. Some of them were about fans, some were about hoops, some were about public appearances, whatever. But it's that's like what he's good at is he can bounce from thing to thing like that and still be a good representative of himself and his team. And so in that way, it makes it very easy to make him the face of these events, I think. And yeah. so like, I think a lot of people can do it. LeBron is very good at this kind of stuff, too. Uh, Steph's awesome at this and always has been. But that made it really easy to have him be the face of this and to have him bop around and, and be Tyrese Halliburton. And it also helped that everything he was in, except for the tiebreaker of the three-point, he was really good at the basketball part. Too, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was, you know, being sort of on the beat again and having, you know, kind of ingrained myself over the last few weeks, about a month now, probably the <laughs> reporter in me is like, man, he looks pretty good out there. How healthy is he? How's the hamstring? Like, because he's, he's moving and threw the legs off the backboard during the skills challenge and dunked it. And obviously had a dunk last night in the all-star game came out firing on all cylinders, literally making his first five threes. So it looked like he was healthy. And then I don't even doubt his basketball talent because he is, in my opinion, a he has to prove it, obviously, in the playoffs. And that's what every star that we talk to, both past and present, as far as the next stage for him. And I'm sure you heard a lot of those things as well. But he has the flair for like the big moments, the dramatics, the showmanship. You know, even after hitting the half-court shot in the skills challenge, he, you know, does the Reggie Miller choke sign. And like you said, to your point, he gets it. Like, you're in Indiana, Reggie Miller's here, you do his celebration, and he's on the call for all these things, you know, make it more 
exciting to me. And really, I think it made Pacers fans excited because they felt like they have someone who feels like he's homegrown. I think, you know, when we look up 20 years from now, it's going to be hard to tell anybody that, oh, he wasn't actually drafted by them because that's what it feels like. It feels like he grew up here and really he's coming to his own here. You know, his first two full seasons, I know he's traded midseason when I left the beat, but his first two full seasons, he's been an all-star. And obviously this year, an all-star starter for the first time or the Pacers, you know, having a player as an all-star starter for the first time since, you know, Paul George in 2016, which feels like forever ago, but you know, even Paul George is an all-star still. So um, it was a lot of crossover appeal from just different eras of this team even seeing Jermaine O'Neal and others on stage last night, I was like, wow, this is, it's so different, but it's also cool to see how much has changed and sort of stayed the same about, you know, this small market team, quote unquote, wanting to be, you know, among the big dogs. Yeah. Every Pacers all-star pre 2009 was at the game last night. And it was still like, you know, it's be better than a lot of these guys, which is crazy to think about. You just made me want to ask you a, a, a beat writer question to a different beat writer. I asked this about, I ask players this a lot. You've asked this before. Like, nobody healed that fielded this question all the time. Have you seen Ty grow and get better? You've been his teammate your whole career. Tristan Thompson got that question with the Pacers, right? It's happened before. You covered Ty for half yeah. a season and into the summer. And then what's it called? Fo- football, I think. Uh, that's what <laughs> you do now. And then you come back. And so, yeah, you keep up with the Pacers, of course, but like you didn't talk to him as much. Right. What What's different about him to you? Or like, how have you seen him become or how is he a different person to you in that gap? Hey, guys, short little break so we can talk about the lovely folks over at Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than three million members. What do you do on Prize Picks? You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And it's demon time on Prize Picks. You can own up to 100 times your money with a little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into the one thousand demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize pick squares marked red demons or green goblins get you different payouts you can now end up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks it's super simple to play on prize picks for example steph curry more than or less than 29 points or nikola Jokic for more than or less than 10 rebounds you can do t- again two to six of those a day for each Night. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Use the code lockdown NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash lockdown NBA with the code lockdown NBA. You get a first deposit match up to $100 at Price Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. I think that he's a lot more comfortable because when I was on the beat, there was the sting or the scar of. I had expected to be a Sacramento King forever. You know, they traded me. I didn't really know what was going on, why they did it. Now we see why, because people can argue about who won the trade, quote unquote. And I do believe there's always a winner in these things. There are no 50-50s and all this stuff. But I don't think either side would be, like, regretting any move that was made. But with Tyrese, I think he's more comfortable. He certainly got, you know – a bigger aura around him now because the successes come as well. And that's what I've sort of gravitated to when I've asked different players and even myself, like, man, like, did you see this leap coming? And the cool thing about Ty is that he's extremely confident, borderline cocky, which I think you need. I'm not saying that as an insult. I think you kind of need that if you're going to be like the dude on a team and you're going to be a you know potential number one player on a championship caliber team, you need that. But 
there's also the self-awareness, you know, when I ask him, yeah. hey, man, did you see this coming? And he's like, no, I never dreamed of being here. You know, I wasn't, you know, this highly sought after recruit coming out of, you know, high school. I, You know, even in college, even though he was chosen in the lottery, there were questions about, you know, his ceiling and, and how his game would translate to shooting. And so from a personality standpoint, I think his aura, his confidence, his swagger is just more sustained now because he knows there are no questions. I answered everything. I am the face of this team. I am this team. You know, I'm the leader of this team. And so um, I keep going back to, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, Tony, before Ty's first game at Gamebridge, remember we had the sit down with Kevin Pritchard. And this was like maybe like an hour before Tyrese makes his Pacers debut. And I will never forget Kevin Pritchard said, well, we feel like we just got our Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. And and everyone in the media room went, huh? And I was, right. And I was like, what is this dude talking about? I'm like, oh, my gosh. He just ruined it. Halliburton's not going to be this good. Like, I didn't even think that from a hater standpoint. I was just thinking, dude, That's you're a high bar. to a dude who has a statue outside of Lucas Oil Stadium and another dude who would have had one had he just stayed and played the game and obviously was on a Hall of Fame trajectory until he, you know, abruptly retired. But now I'm like, man, KP, do you want to play, play the lottery? You know, Kevin Pritchard, do you want to, you know, uh, you know, get in with me when it comes to <laughs> any type of betting? Because that was a huge swing and a huge home run for this franchise for them to kind of see that before the rest of the league did because – I think I told this to Kalen Cooper. Well, I might have written this, but I mean, Tony, how many teams do you think would go back in time if they knew Ty was going to be this good and inquire more about him? Like, it's all of them. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, there's very few ball dominant, like, you know, big guards that can change the game with scoring and passing, all those things. Obviously, he has to get better defensively, but like, there aren't too many offensive engines like Tyrese Halliburton. And so it's been really fun to see him grow both, both in the confidence wise, as far as just feeling more at home and then just his game overall. Like I know this is a basketball podcast and none of this happens if he doesn't become a better player. And I think his shooting off the dribble is a lot better. His uh, strength at the rim is a lot better. His finishing. And then again, just the comfortability within the offense. Cause it's now it's not just, oh, we got this guy midseason, let's just kind of tweak some things and try to learn on the fly. They've had time to build this thing solely around him, and I think everyone feels more comfortable because of it. And obviously they tweak some things again with Siakam and then getting rid of Buddy Hill, so it'll take some more tweaking. But I think that he is probably the one player on the team that doesn't have to change his game as much as the next guy because his game is, you know, the team, so to speak. Their system is him, right? And yeah, you know, you you probably heard the quote of Bill Belichick saying he sees the game through Tom Brady's eyes. Like that's what Rick's had to do. That's what the Pacers are now. They they see the game through Tom Brady's <laughs> yeah. eyes. That's that's how they're gonna play. Yeah, I I noticed that early in the season. I don't even know what made me notice it, but you kind of referenced it. Like he just had this confidence and swagger change at some point between last season and this season, and he earned it because he went from. Like, oh, this kid could be pretty good to like, oh, man, this guy's top, whatever. I mean, going into this year, people pegged him as like, what, somewhere between 25 and 30th best player yeah. in the league. And now I think that number for most people is between like, pick pick your low number, 8 and 15 or something like that. Yeah, Maybe. I would something say that. And I mean, when he was 
100% healthy, like before the hamstring and all that, he was the best point guard in the NBA. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying people that, had him in the top like five to ten. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like he was having those moments. I remember tweeting like, "Nah, this dude is top ten right now." Now, obviously, he's taken a step back because of the injury, and even in his games recently, he's played well in. I'm like, I'm not sure if he's, you know, 100% himself. He talked about that last night, you know, when discussing yeah, how he felt and all those things. And I was like, knew that question was coming. How it it, it said volumes to me that he like made a point to t- tell us how he felt about after dunking off one leg, like once, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, and I, and honestly, I had to remember, I was like, oh yeah, you did dunk in this game. Cause I was like, everybody <laughs> dunked in this game. And so, um, yeah. And, and, and I, my, I guess my biggest thing now is as they kind of look forward, Tony is how do you just kind of recoup? as much as you can before Thursday, because yeah. I mean, no team is going to feel sorry for you or continue to congratulate you. Like all that fanfare stuff, Gamers yeah. Fieldhouse will be back to normal <laughs> Thursday against the Detroit Pistons. And you didn't really give yourself a ton of time off or a ton of time to get off your feet. Really? I mean, he's on the move. He wasn't playing like hard basketball every day, but he was standing up for hours and talking to people and going places and jumping in out of cars a lot, you know, going out and having a good time with his friends, all those things. Now it's like, okay, use today tomorrow you know wednesday to just recover as much as you can get off your feet and then obviously get back in the groove and try to you know i think the idea in my head is that at least maybe this is Halliburton as well not to like say that i'm him i'm just saying like if i am him i'm thinking everyone has said these nice things about me now i got to go out there and like validate it when you have reggie miller saying oh he can be the number one player on the championship team you know, on a team that went to the finals, the only team that ever went to the finals for the Pacers, that means something. When you have Shaq saying, you know, this guy is, you know, one of one. We have Kevin Durant saying, oh, this is somebody that the next generation is going to look up to. I mean, these are Pathion greats. These aren't just guys who, you know, snuck into the, I don't want to say sneak, sneak into the Hall of Fame because it is the Hall of Fame. But you know what I mean? Like there are a lot of people in the Hall yeah. of Fame. And I guess this is my NFL reporter side speaking is like the NFL Hall of Fame is pro football because it's just pro football is a lot harder than the pro basketball hall of fame. So when I look at Shaq, Reggie, you know, Kevin Durant, obviously in the future, these are people that were no brainers, you know, first ballot type of guys. And so now you got to go out there and prove to them that, you know, that gap between, you know, who you are now and your potential, how, how much can you close it? You know, during the second half of the season. Yeah, Bam and KD were the two quotes that were like they were like, "Yo, <laughs> this kid's really good <laughs> of the of the active players." But Reggie's is of course going to be like the standout one for me for forever. You, you asked him, the, you were the one who asked him about passing that torch of like being the the fa- you know Paul was really good and could have been this, mm-hmm. but you you asked Reggie about him being the face of the franchise and passing that torch to Ty and can he do it? And Reggie's answer was kind of like, yeah, he can, but let's see in the playoffs this year, right? Like, that yeah. is the next thing. That's what everyone is saying, yep. Uh-huh. He still hasn't played there. And <laughs> they kind of make it still, right? Like, yeah. you know, they're sixth, but teetering on that line. Like, I was going to say, like, we kind of not glossed over it, but we were all sort of focused on getting to the All-Star break. But that last win right before the break was huge. Huge. For yeah. them. And it wasn't pretty. Like, I, I, when I go back to that game – I'm not looking at that like, oh, yeah, this is a team that's going to, you know, really crush it come postseason time. I was just like, eh, 
you guys did enough to get over the hump and, you know, <laughs> we'll recalibrate or reconvene in a few days. But, yeah, they definitely have to – I think they just have to start stacking some wins. And, you know, with Halliburton's health obviously being a little bit better now, Siakam having been here, you know, that's a guy who – I think this break was actually good for him because we didn't see him anywhere. Yeah. And that was well, probably the best. You know, because he I mean, the guy had been living out of a suitcase the last time I checked. I was going to say, so, I bet his break was uh, moving his stuff. from Exactly. One to and no, another. I'm serious. So, you know, it, you know, maybe that mental break for him was good. And everyone was like, oh, Siaka, I'm like, what if we had two all stars? And maybe that's a potential for next year. But for now, I mean, that's a good break for him. And now yeah. you have to turn that page and really, you know, don't let this opportunity slip away from you. Because, I mean, it will sting if they don't make the playoffs, which is obviously the goal. I talked about this with Derek Schultz last week. Like it's kind of hard for you to pin down the team right now between the trades they made, Halbert's injury and stuff, because they are seven and five in their last twelve games. Yeah. But it felt like every win is like so important because <laughs> because they don't feel like they're playing very well. You know, no, no. Every time they win, it's like, oh, good. They they needed that one because their level is terrible right now, and they they're going through all this stuff. And granted, some of the wins were against. Not very good teams, but you know they beat Philly and Phoenix in there. Like right, it's not, right, right. It's not a disaster, but yeah, like they beat Toronto by two, and it's like a relief. Like that's the level of their team right now. So they do not deserve the granted ceremonious playoff spot. Like they got to earn it. The Heat are good. The Magic are good. So that's the next step for this, and that will that will I will have to change, and everyone will have to change the way they talk about Tyrese if they don't make it. Like that, that's going to be the next thing for him, and he'll hate it. He'll absolutely hate it. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You know, I'm be thinking about the same thing this week, and that's the All-Star Game. I don't think it needs as many tweaks as people think. It is certainly not a real basketball game anymore, a complete farce of competition but it's a celebration of the game more than an actual game. And I think that is totally fine in some ways. Uh, and I think the complaining is warranted and justified, but I think people need to take some perspective on all-star games and weekends as a whole. Therapy can be a great outlet for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team or the all-star game. And it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. So visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash lockdown NBA. I was going to say that is, he's in the in-between stage where he's the media darling. He's the fan darling. Everyone loves him because he's the new kid on the block. But after a while, the new kid becomes the kid who didn't win. If you don't get it done, you know, every team heel turn comes, man. Every single one. I mean, it happens every time. Even now, when I think about other players in the league, I think of a guy like Luca, who I don't even know if he's 25 yet. Um, I don't think he is. I think Luca's was like 23, 24, whatever. And the conversation around him this year is like, oh, you know, Luca, are you going to win MVP? Are you going to get it done? Are you going to finally get, you know, to the Washington Times, whatever the case may be? And I'm like, what is going on? This dude is legit but that's the i think ring culture has a lot to do with it you know as far as how we talk about these stars but also it is a respecting among your peers you know you gain more respect you are established you make your legacy you make your fame your name you make it in the playoffs and so 
you know, there were some moments last night during the All-Star game where they were going crazy when Ty was making all these threes. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, you know, all the yellow lighting and stuff when he was making shots. Obviously, it won't be that much, like, craziness as far as the staging and things like that. But if they make the playoffs, Tony, like, that's what you're, you know, that's what you're going to experience. It's sort of like that college atmosphere of everyone being in those, you know, matching shirts and people going crazy because, you haven't been there in a while, and they feel like they have the guy who can kind of get them back to the promised land, so to speak. The heel turn always comes, right? And that's that's the hard, you know, Memphis has happened really fast for different reasons. But, like, everybody's like, wow, the Grizzlies are this awesome, young, cool team. And look at this. They could have a face of the league in John Morant. Well, then that, you know, epically turned, and that happens for every young team ever. It happened with Luka. Everybody loved Mavs. It's going to happen to OKC. It's going to happen to Minnesota. You know, it, it's yeah. going to happen. And so – you know, the, the better you can play and the more you can have moments like this that Tyrese had, the better that is for navigating that when it does come. So yeah. making the playoffs is obviously the next critical thing. Let's talk about All-Star Weekend in general a little bit. What did you love about it and not like about it? So I love that I lived here during it. Because <laughs> I didn't have to worry about, you know. And fun, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew where to park. I'm like, I know what time to get down here, what streets to take. Um, I wasn't. You know, I guess it, it felt like seriously, it felt like it was my city in a sense. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, but just having lived here for a few years now, um, I felt like I was at home. And so I just knew where to go, how to get around. And so I, I love the thing. And everyone knows this and I'm not, you know, breaking any news here. But once you get downtown here, it is really cool that you can just walk from everywhere. Yeah. You know, so Gambridge, Lucas Oil Stadium to the. Indiana Convention Center to pretty much all the hotels. You could walk pretty much anywhere within 20 minutes, 25. I might have did like a 30 minute walk the other day, which was kind of long. But even then, like, it's not that bad if you know what you're doing. And, and, and compared to like cars and stuff like that, I mean, trying to get your car, you know, anywhere downtown was crazy. So that was good. I thought like some of the can I can I show the watchers the the step the step counter for me? Oh, the days before, free. and then you can oh, there's yeah. All Star Weekend. <laughs> I was about to say, if I pull mine up, it, it definitely looked the same way because I was getting the steps and the flights and the stairs and all that in. So I thought that was, you know, one of the things I liked about it. Everything was pretty much close yeah. together. Um, I thought that if I had to criticize something, the traffic, like just the way that it flowed probably could have been better. The snow removal the other day. Yep. For that, all those things. But as far as the atmosphere and, and like itself, I thought the NBA crossover was pretty cool. Um, I heard some complaints, though, about like how long the lines were. And like all, you know, like these ridiculous wait times for even if you had pre-purchased tickets, all that stuff. I had a chance apparently to just go Thursday night when no one was really there. And it was it was cool. It was a good experience. Kind of reminded me of the State Fair. Um, and then just the all-star activities themselves. I thought that the best overall moment of the weekend in event was Sabrina and Steph. Easily. And so, I mean, Easily. I'm not one of those guys who's going to complain about the game. It is what it is. Uh, I thought one of my buddies, I don't know if you saw this, Tony, but Rafael Barlow, you know, uh, you know, NBA scout guru, like draft guru up with type of guy. Rafael, if you're listening, I caught up with him at the G League game. Good to see you, buddy. I'm glad you made it to Indy. Great guy. And he yeah. tweeted this morning about how, you know, everyone's like, oh, man, the All-Star game was terrible. They don't give any effort. But he made a good point, and I hadn't thought about it, about how many, like, media and, like, appearances and like sponsorships that they have to do now compared to in the past where they're constantly doing something. And so by the time you get to the game, you're exhausted. And then even now, like the guys who participate in the game, 
you you don't really get like that time off like everyone else did. And so it's almost like I, I would like to know this, Tony. And I know the NBA would never allow it. But how many guys, if they had the op- opportunity to opt out of like all-star weekend activities and just accept the accolade, how many will we even see? I feel like it would be like a Pro Bowl none. in the NFL. Right. See none. And then it's the middle of the season, which makes it like a little bit harder because people want to rest, recover. LeBron's talking about his ankle and trying to feel good, you know, going into the second half of the season. So, I mean, the events were what they were. I didn't really like like them or dislike them. I just thought that the coolest moment was Sabrina and Steph. Agreed. And that was probably the, enough for me to be like, hey, this was cool. A seminal moment in sports to me. Oh, right? like, it was, it was awesome. amazing. So here's what I'll say too. Like, okay, you friends who like basketball, obviously. When you talk about like NBA moments in the past that you love, Vince, Vince Duncan, elbow in the rim, you know, some of the best three point contests ever, Dirk winning, Clay going crazy. Have you ever brought up an All Star game moment ever? Like, even when they were intense, you know, like the part, the memorable parts of All Star weekend have never been the game, even when players were trying, I think. Maybe that's because I'm not older, but. It's just even when they tried, it's never been that way. I just don't. All right, this is my hot take. I don't really care. I'm like the players, I guess. I don't really <laughs> care if you don't play any defense, ramping down. Because in my mind, I'm like some seven or eight year old probably thinks this is cool, which is, I mean, a lot of this stuff geared toward All Star Weekend is geared toward the youth. And so. If they like seeing LeBron pull up from deep or Steph Curry make a bunch of crazy shots and people, you know, not, not really playing defense and dunking and all that, then so be it. I mean, yeah. it doesn't affect the product because in this year in particular, I'm like, you're forcing, not forcing, but you're really kind of enforcing this, you know, low management thing. We're not going to allow that. You got to play 65 games to get, you know, contract incentives and awards, all that. So guys are more available than they ever have been in recent, recent years, you know, Kawhi and others. But do you really think Kawhi Leonard is going to like play the most games he can, you know, since I think what two presidents have changed something like that. <laughs> um, right. And also like give 90% effort in an all-star game. no, no, Nikola Jokic, in fairness to him, he doesn't look like he's trying when he is trying. And he is, <laughs> he does have 40-point triple-doubles or whatever it is. So expecting him to, like, go out there and, like, put on a show at the All-Star game, I'm like, wh- what? And then as far as the dunk contest goes and everyone complains about that, oh, they just bring Matt McClung out to win it every year. They were obviously swaying it really heavily this year to try to get a star to win it. But, you know, because Jalen Brown's dunks were not nearly worth the scores that he was receiving. That's another topic and a tangent. But, I mean, what else do you really want out of that weekend besides it being kind of a novelty? And and I think I've accepted it. I know Adam Silver was not pleased with it. But, dude, you're asking all these guys to go to every single event, you know, junior NBA, go talk to his high school, go refurbish this court at a church or whatever. All these things, you know, and then, oh, yeah, the break you're supposed to have? Yeah, you get two days. Like why well, did I just think there's no incentive? There you, I don't think so either. There's, you saw the, there's go ahead. Now in the age of where the money's so big and your individual brands matter way more in the social media era, there's a there's a lot to lose, even if it's a what at most two percent chance. There's a lot to lose and there's nothing to gain, right? Like no, nah, I, I think you hit it on the head, and I was gonna ask you, you know, we had our guy Sam Emick kind of report that 
you know, the players are discussing or trying to get the league to pay them for their appearances yes. in the All-Star game. There you go. Something to gain. And people trying to get into the tournament. Right. right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think it also kind of gave like that playoff feel to it with the different courts yeah. and the and those are regular season games. It's a little different. Right. But, but um, my question to you is do you think if they were for example, just throwing some numbers out there, it's like, hey, you know, for the all-star game, the winning team, each player on the winning team gets a million dollars if you win, and I don't know, five hundred K if you lose. Like, would that really change it? And I and I say that because when you make an all-star game, I'm like, most of these guys have already, like, you know, been on their huge – they've already received their huge extension or whatever, yeah. you know. So I'm like, eh, what are we doing here? Like, will that change something? I just don't think it'll go back to how things used to be. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just one night, one talking point for, like, 24 hours – Oh, they didn't play any defense. Oh, the game that I love is ruined. Uh, and then, like, you give it, I don't know, two weeks, and then we're talking about the playoffs and who's, right. you know, stacking up against who. And I'm talking about the playoff market, <laughs> right? Like Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not thinking about how this will affect, you know, the legacy of Carlton Towns because he had a 50 <laughs> points, you know. Snubbed. You know, MVP game, snubbed. Or exactly. Or, <laughs> you know, and I guess we could talk about Tyrese. Was he snubbed? No. All those things. I just don't. No, I don't care, man. It's just – you know, Tyrese looked like he had a good time out there. Dan got MVP. Um, you know, all the other festivities were what they were. But, again, going back to the coolest moment, Sabrina and Steph, Sabrina coming out and going for the jugular and having a score that would have, you know, put her at the top of the list in the actual three-point contest that Dame won. And then looking at what Steph did because he – <laughs> Uh, I t- somebody tweeted this, Tony, and I was like, man, this is so true. They're like, yeah, you know, they, they had a you know three-point contest. Damian Lillard won it. He won MVP and shooting from the parking lot. They were like, but, yeah, they just created a whole different event for this other guy over here. And, right. you know, credit to Sabrina. Sabrina didn't ask, like, shoot against Dame. She didn't ask shoot against Clay Thompson or, you know, or a Buddy Heald or anybody else that's really a prolific three-point shooter. She was like, I want the GOAT. And she went toe-to-toe with him. I mean – she was rolling, Tony. I watched their, her shoot from that corner in pregame or the pre-warm-up or whatever, and she probably missed like five out of seven or something. And then the thing starts, and she just lits it, lights yeah. it up. And I was yeah. like, oh, my. Like, that was amazing. And I'll have everyone out there listening, especially people who are ridiculously uh, naive. Um, there were not only just women and you know girls cheering. There were grown men and uh, boys who were losing their minds because – Everyone in there, I think even possibly Steph thought for like a split second, man, is she gonna like do this? Because she like it wasn't easy at all. I mean, it took to the, but she make her last, first seven or six, six or first seven? six or seven. I think it was yeah. six. But um, yeah, she cleared the first rack, and then it took I think Steph with like the money ball or something like that to win it. Yeah. So that was that was. I was. What were your thoughts on that? And then obviously being someone who has covered you know both leagues, you, you kind of see where both these are going, trying to like obviously merge some of those things together and having that moment kind of culminate with two of the best shooters in the world. Yeah. To close up the all-star game part of it first. Oh, um, yes. Trash. But yeah. Who cares? I mean, I have no expectations <laughs> for it either. Money might do it, but you nailed it, that they're already the highest paid guys. My, I floated this to you and then someone asked Ann about it. So I feel good about this idea, the USA versus world idea, which is hard because then you have to make sure it's like actually the best 24 players who are honored, but yeah, guys might try if that was the game. 
format. And I think that would they will really try. Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. I do too. Yeah, I do too. And that'd be, that'd be sick. But like, I, I looked it up last night, right? Like you remember, D Wade broke Kobe's nose. He didn't miss any games, but like he got hurt in the All Star game. And like this wasn't the All Star game, but Darren Williams in the rookie sophomore game tore his groin, missed two weeks, right? Like it's such a small chance, but if it happens, it's a big freaking deal, right? And so like. All it's going to take is one dude to have a six-week ankle injury from the All-Star game, and then no one would ever try again ever anyway, right? So right. Just, and, it, just, and it can't be one of those dudes. Like, yeah, exactly. The LeBron's, the, the Stas, the KDs. Yeah. Like, nah, it can't be. I mean, obviously, they're all All-Stars. But I'm just saying All-Stars are not weighted equally. So, you know, God forbid that that were to happen. I agree 100% on that because yeah. there's always that small chance. And then say you're, like, trying hard. And you legitimately get hurt, then you're gonna get a bunch of crap for saying, "Oh, well, he was trying too hard." Right, right. So I think a lose lose situation, in my opinion. You don't want to be the one guy, right? Right. So it's it's just what it. I don't think it'll ever go back to what it used to be, and maybe that's fine. Yeah, the Sabrina Step thing was awesome. I think we talked about this, but like Tim Reynolds nailed it with his question to me post game because it would have been cool no matter what. I think again, like you said, the fact that they both signed up for it already made it a moment. But if it was like twenty one eighteen or something. Yeah, it would have been cool, but like, eh, you know, we just saw Malik Beasley, you know, whatever. The fact that they had the two best rounds of the night is like, oh, yeah, it was it was perfect. Like for a moment like that to be showcasing that Sabrina is that level of shooter, right? That's why they set it up, because she set the record in the W All-Star game last year. Yeah. I mean, do- dominated that shooter. I think she won by like the third rack, right? Yeah. Like it was insane. She How missed well she two shot shots. Her. Yeah, yeah. It, she missed two shots. It was insane. With racks. Like, we're not talking about one rack here. She she missed two shots in the entire thing. Yeah, she it, it was unbelievable, right? And and then at the time, everybody said, oh, she broke, she broke Steph's record and like the scoring changes in three point contests all the time, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Okay, so let's have to do the same scoring Don't system. The Starry Ball. The Starry Ball. <laughs> <laughs> like, how much did Starry play the NBA? I'm like, they must have money from who knows where. Cause I saw Starry ever. I was like, I never. They were shooting on a lime green court, like (laughs) with lime green like basketballs. Yeah. So the fact that they both were like incredible, and I told you my take was whoever went second was gonna win. And maybe if Steph got twenty nine, Sabrina wouldn't have got twenty nine. But like, I think it's easier when you know the number. I think. Yeah. It was just. It was just like as perfect. Oh my god, my camera fell. It was just like as perfect as that. Where did Tony go? Okay. (laughs) It's like as perfect as that could have gone to me, right? Like. They proved that they're both lights out. They proved that this is something that has staying power. It was great for both leagues. It's great for future all-star games for both leagues, right? Like, it, yeah. was, it was perfect. And you were down there after the game. Like, they didn't say names, but very strong hinting of potential future Clay Thompson involvement. Very strong hinting of potential uh, other women getting involved. Like, it, the fact that they're already thinking like that and the fact that it went that well, it, it was perfect. It was awesome. Yeah, great for the sport. Got the Caitlin Clark question as well. You know, the inevitable <laughs> will she be joining? See, that could in? be it, right? The team Indy, Tyrese and Caitlin versus Oh man, don't even get this. <laughs> if it's, if it happens, right? If it happens, if but it happens. um, yeah, it was it was fun. And then I do think obviously there are differences in the men's and women's game. Um, but I'm not saying that in like a ridiculous, like, oh my gosh, it's different, like bad. It's just different, obviously, with like height, size, all those things. But I do think that's like skill. Skill doesn't have like a scale that it kind of stops on. A, that makes sense. Like, you know, shooting is shooting. 
Right. You either can shoot or you can't. And that, and that was what Steph said. And so when a last one I'll make is when people were kind of doing the whole, I don't want to say it was, this was everyone, but there were a large portion of people who still were like, well, she shot with a women's ball. It's smaller. So her chances of going in are greater. And it's like, dude, you moved the goalpost when she broke the record last year and said it was just, oh, it's because it's from WNBA line. So she, you know, Charles to Sabrina decides to just build an entirely new goalpost that we've never seen before. And then people still tear it down. And I'm like, brother, if you can't, like, part of me is like, do you even like basketball? I know. And I, and I can tell you a lot of them don't. Like, I know I'm on my soapbox here, but I'm like, a lot of you just don't like women being talented at anything, it seems like. But she was, she was the show. She showed up. And right. I do think, like, and this is just the last one I'll make. If they go to, like, a gym and, like, Steph and, and her shoot, just, you know, not for, like, competition or nothing like that, or, or, like, actual, like, in front of people, I mean, like, the shooting competition together, it wouldn't be, like, she would never, ever win against them. Like, he probably won the majority of the time because he's the greatest shooter ever. <laughs> but, like, when you can shoot at that level, when you can shoot, like, her level, um, you know, Clay Thompson level, Dan Tarazi level, like, you're going to be able to like knock people off and have your day in the sun as well. So it's like, yeah. if they do that rendition again, I'm not saying like, Oh, there's no chance she has, you know, winning. Cause she lost the first time. Like, nah, like she can really shoot the ball. She and can. it's funny. People are asking, why did she shoot from the WNBA line? Because she can shoot from anywhere. Have it like that. That kind of lets me know. Like you haven't watched this girl play. Oh, this woman, this woman play. Well, we saw her light up the fever. Fever 40 something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, she yeah. shot from what felt like, you know, the game of Fieldhouse parking lot across the street. So, you know, I'm done with that. But it was it was a great experience. Cool to see both of them go at it. And I mean, Steph's got the got the belt. I thought the cheap belt was 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 a nice little touch. <laughs> yeah, like the, the nice award, like the cheap belt from like you know the dollar store, which is awesome. It was funny to see them be all delicate with it when they were setting it on the table before the price conference. And I'm like, I mean, I get better a better WWE belt like at the store right now. But that was funny. That was funny. And then Adam Silver had it the next day. Which was, <laughs> I know. Was yeah, I, I really. Enjoy, I mean. Just being there made it all more fun too, right? Like, yeah, I mean, how many times you get a chance to like actually be in the space that everyone is watching on TV? Yeah. So that was really fun, and and I like I said, the crowd was going crazy. You could feel it. The energy was different, and honestly, it probably should have capped the night off because going into anything else after that, I was like, brother, who cares? Like, this is what you know. I'm watching Jalen Brown dunk over Kai Sinat, and I'm like, what what are we doing here? I will close my All-Star Weekend thoughts with one more take, James. Just jump over Shaq. It's not cooler because he's wearing your high school jersey. Just jump over the guy. Oh. It was sweet. It was cool. We don't need the props. <laughs> you know what? It. Okay. I, I, I actually don't think that's a bad take. But it is funny to me because I was I was so confused at first. I didn't realize that he had like a Shaq-sized high school jersey. jersey. Yeah, I was it looked like, huge when he picked it up. I was right. Like, like I, I just wasn't paying much attention. I, I just like the – the gate city thing. And I was like, why are you giving him like your high school? jersey? like, that is not going to fit on a big man like that. So to your point, the fact that you went out and like, got like a replica gate city high school Jersey made for Shaq is hilarious, but it was a cool little moment because Shaq even last well, year was the one who kind of told him like, you know, make a name for yourself. And now it's kind of Mac McClung's thing. And and I guess my, my hot take is bringing this pro dunkers at this point. Yeah. Like we've seen, so many great dunks in a dunk contest by actual pro basketball players that I don't think we're going to see anything else unless we, the league, 
besides just bringing in pro dunkers who actually like, and I know people are like, what's a pro dunker? People who literally get paid to practice dunks year round and do a bunch of crazy stuff. Get those people to come in, do some crazy dunks, you know, have the players react to it and, and beat some of the judges. And then everyone just has a, a good time that way. Because I mean, if you're in the arena, you see a guy go through his legs or behind his back or seats seated in the air, whatever the case may be, whatever aerial stuff, do you really care who did it besides just seeing it? I mean, I thought the dunk contest off the trampoline last night was the best one. You know, with the Patriots power pack off. and the Bulls guys, right? Yeah. That was that was the best dunk contest I saw in a while. Yeah, they were going crazy. <laughs> I love those. It was fun. It was a great weekend. And you did a great job. If Mother Nature could have been a little nicer, I think we all would have just a little bit. Lady, what the heck was that? It would have been perfect. It was a great time. It's good to see my friend James Boyd there the whole time. James covered lots of stuff nobody else did. Sabrina Shoes, Troy Pepper. I think you're right about Ty right now. I don't want to speak for you. Yep. Where can people find you and your work covering All-Star Weekend, the Pacers, and soon to be? You can, obviously, yes, the Colts, because I have to go right back to basically like a circus <laughs> with um, the combine. So it's like I'm going through the car wash again. I get like to breathe, and I think the combine starts up maybe next week at this time. So I'll be right back into the thick of – you know, no sleep, you know, a million press conferences and all that. Wouldn't trade it for the world. But you can read all my stuff at theathletic.com. I have, like you said, the story on Troy Pepper, Indiana, Indianapolis, actually native, who is the Pacers PA announcer, announced All-Star Weekend stuff last night at the All-Star Game. He was awesome. Great dude. Crushed it. On TikTok, you can actually check him out there. Big personality. Did the story on Sabrina's shoes, how they're taking over the NBA. And what that moment meant going into it for her and Steph did the sto story on the airport court, which obviously went viral. So um, it was a fun weekend of like adjacent stories. And I'll have one on Ty as well. And, and, and kind of, you know, like I said, taking that step up into trying to become what everyone thinks you can be, because potential is one thing, but like reaching it is a whole nother thing. So Gotta do it, it should be fun. But and my, my, my last hot take. Everybody, man, we should only have the also weekend in one weather weather cities. You got paid media that is to fly out <laughs> to a city to watch a bunch of people put a ball through a hoop. So I don't want to hear you complain about the weather. Basketball's played indoors, please. I, I could see if you were like, you know, back in the day when I did high school sports, it was freezing and the press box only could feed like six people. And it's like, oh, you're outside tonight, and it's like 20 degrees. You're like, oh, this is terrible. Brother, you are being chauffeured around in media vans. Ubers that you are not paying for. So I don't want to hear about, oh, this is so bad. It snowed in the winter in Indiana. Relax. <laughs> Relax. The the two people I walked around the most with came in from Oklahoma City and Dallas. So I gave them a pass for being cold. They're not used to this. They're not ready. As my grandma would say, put your long johns on. Okay? Put your long <laughs> we're, johns on. We're contradicting on. ourselves. We're, we're complimenting Indy for being so walkable. And then we're like, go inside, you wimps. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, all you got to do is walk inside. Literally. They're like, yeah, oh, you my can. God. Like, you know, no, I, now you got me started. It, what irritates me is, like, you're like, oh, it's so cold. The snow is so bad. But you stand there and take a video of it instead of going inside. I'm like, you're making yourself more miserable. Just get your point. This is dumb. I'm like, why are you spending an extra minute out there? Oh, my God, look at the snow. It should never have this here again. Meanwhile, you could have been inside enjoying the, the heat that we have in Indiana because we do have heat in, inside our buildings. Like, did you know that, Tony? They have heat here. You know? I'd, like so, to think, I'd like to think Adam Silver <laughs> saw everybody complaining about that and said, let's leak that Milwaukee just bid. On the Elster game. Get it out. <laughs> and, and I'll say this. We're, we're gonna, we should, hopefully, you know, as a city, that's what I mean by we, 
uh, we can get the WNBA All Star, you know, game and, and festivities. Kathy Hinton, it's gonna be coming. So Kathy, you know, I, we'll talk. We'll talk. I'll, 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 I'll call my people. How many people call your people? And we'll get it all done. <laughs> it's great to catch up with her too. Lots of great. I mean. Everybody in local media crushed it. Like, there were so many good stories. Yeah, yeah. The last five days at Indy. It was awesome. And obviously, national people came in, and they're the best. That's why they have those jobs. So, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming. James, this was great. Thank you for the time, everybody. Back tomorrow. I said I'd do it. I have to do it. It's time for another mailbag with a second half. I hate that I say that, but that's what everybody calls it. Of the Pacers <laughs> season starting up on Thursday. We'll talk some Pistons and more. Later in the week, James, this was great. Everybody, take care. See you soon.